I talk mostly to teams that are within an organization. And, you know, a lot of times there's this, if it's not spoken verbally, it's kind of nuanced to say, oh, we're a small team and we really can't do all these things that other teams are. And I really want to pull the, the BS card on that. Can you guess how many employees that Instagram had when Facebook back then, now Meta, bought them for a billion dollars in 2012? 13. That was my guest for today, Joshua Burkow, who joins us from the analytics software company Ultrix. And he uses his experience with hundreds of organizations all across different places of their analytic journey to share with us the lessons that he's learned, but how we can think a little bit differently about our approaches to analytics, how analytics truly are an imperative, and how a lot of the barriers that we think are keeping us from succeeding with Alteryx can be addressed or maybe even just let go of because they're only in our heads. So prepare to learn from Joshua these kinds of barriers, how we can address them so that you really can take your analytics to the next level, no matter how small your team might be. Hello, and welcome to Heart, Soul, and Data, where we explore the human side of analytics to help amplify the impacts of those out to change the world. With me, Alexandra Mannering. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. I am thrilled to have Joshua Burkow here from Alteryx, and I'm going to give him a chance to introduce himself because he does extraordinary things with an extraordinary company. So Joshua. Hey, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Yep. Name is Joshua Burkow. I'm a chief evangelist at Alteryx, which I recognize is quite a crazy title, but I've come to recognize that it suits me like a glove. I love it. I get to, I get this quintessential role where I get to spend half of my time in being nerdy, right? Getting really deep in the product, love data analytics, love doing it every day. But I also get to kind of share that with everyone from executives to users and kind of sharing that passion for it. Which I love. And that's one of the reasons why we got connected here is to really talk about how data can span all elements of the organization, all elements of what we're trying to achieve. And one yeah. of the things that you and I have really discussed is this idea that data isn't meant to be siloed away in one spot. It's not meant to be just the purview of we're talking about all the geeks, but really it needs to be something that becomes baked into all of your organization. So I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about what you explore with organizations about this move from data being a nice to have or sort of sequestered over to this being an imperative that is just part of your organization. Yeah. I mean, I haven't gotten tired of talking about that idea yet because I mean it applies to so many. It's the easy things to see is that it's you know data is really one of today's currencies, you will. Like it's one of the languages of the world, really. If you think about the universe, right? And if at the end of the day, you know, any of those noble intentions aren't cutting it, just let me appeal to the, everyone's vanity and say, frankly, all the cool kids are doing it. So, <laughs> but you know, in in all seriousness, there's this element like if you if you just pause and reflect and just think for a second. It's the foundation of everything, every app on your phone, every choice for every item in the grocery store that you see is there, every interaction that you have with people, every moment that you go through life has some form of data attached to it, which can be used. I mean, data is meant to be used. It's always going to be there, whether you believe it or not, or whether you use it or not, it's always going to be there. Making you know, data required per se is it also requires awareness of kind of not to get too ethereal, but like 
it requires awareness of your presence in this world. Because as you go through your day to day, you have to see that there's this data aura around you. You've got your phone with you, you've got iPads, your laptops, you've got all the technology that we're stepping through as we go throughout our day. So, I mean, if the argument really at the foundation is if data is such a foundational item, you need to have it. Like it's an imperative. And you bring up the point that whether we like it or not, it's there. Yeah. So to say, well, it's not something I need, you're missing the fact that it's already there and having an impact on you. And you're using it. You just may not be using it consciously. You're using it unconsciously, right? So it's in your apps. It's in your computer. It's in everything you buy at the store, every donation that someone makes. All of that generates data and it's all there. And you're using it or relying on it to some extent. The question is how aware of it are you? I love right. that of being aware of it. Yeah. And that awareness, I'm, I'm really big on that lately because it's what I found is the awareness by itself triggers a whole bunch of activity. It's the red car effect, right? Like you, you're you driving down the street and you have a blue car and you're like, oh, look at all those blue cars. That's cool. The moment that you buy a red car, you look around, you're like, oh, what the heck? Everybody's got a red car now. Like it's the awareness that drives that visibility and being able to see the world as, as it might be. And understanding the impact of that awareness can be helpful because becoming aware can feel like a smaller step than taking all those actions that follow after the awareness. Yeah. But as you said, that oftentimes those actions become more natural or become a lot easier to do just by taking the step of bringing that awareness. That's right. Yeah. So now if data are everywhere and we really do have that imperative to use them because we're using it, whether we like it or not, and our job is to actually sort of step forward and actually use them intentionally in ways that are going to help us achieve the things that we're trying to do. Oftentimes the next barrier is that organizations will say, well, I don't know how, I don't have the staff, I don't have the resources, I don't have the time. So yeah. how do you help them kind of move beyond that you know, scarcity mindset to some extent to say, I can't do this, right? I'm just gonna have to stay with it the way it is and move more towards intentionality, even if you're resource limited. Yeah, I think there's a whole bunch of rabbit holes to go down on that one. And <laughs> yes, think, um, th there's a couple areas, I suppose. The first one is getting clear that you don't have to do all this stuff overnight. And so you can intentionally start with one thing and just say, you know what, this is my biggest pain point right now. And it's the fact that I don't know where to put this next resource or I'll open this building or whatever. Do that one thing. Because it's if we all believe that data and analytics, you know, adding analytics in there is both foundational, but ubiquitous, right? It's everywhere and all things. You're not going to do this overnight. You're not going to change everything that you're doing in one fell swoop. So bite off something that you can, knowing that you're starting to become more visionary. You're starting to think and say, hey, I know I've got a lot going on. I've got a lot of things that I'm pushing towards. I'm going to improve it incrementally and start to make incremental progress on those things. And what usually happens out of that is one or the one or two of these things land and you start to put them in and then you, you get to a breaking point where you're like, why didn't I do this 10 years ago? Right? It almost always happens. I mean, it happens in small organizations, but it happens even at the huge enterprise corporate levels where organizations realize like I should have done this a long time ago because it's so impactful and so monumental. 
I think small organizations have a tendency to think the big ones have it all figured out. But having both of us have worked with big organizations, and I think if small organizations could see sometimes how dysfunctional big ones are and how much they don't have it figured out, they'd feel a little better about their current state of of not having it figured out. Yeah. One thing that I have I've really enjoyed hearing from Alteryx is oftentimes when when Alteryx comes to a company to start with, they don't say bring us your easiest problem. Like you said, you say, bring us your most painful analytic problem and let's work on that. And I think that there's some power to that where there is value in starting really small in something you're sure to win on. But when you tackle the thing that really matters the most, when you're like, this is the thing that keeps me up at night, this is what's burning us out, and you can solve that, then you really start to create momentum. And I agree, it has to be something you can tackle. You don't want to try to do something that's going to require 70,000 other things and you just fail at it. But if you can make progress on that really painful thing, it does give you such a sense of we can do this. We're going to move forward and look at the value and the benefit that comes out of doing that. It's so true. I mean, it, like you said, it creates the momentum, mm-hmm. but it also breaks apart a lot of the misnomers that you might mm-hmm. carry around with you, right? right? You might think, oh, I'm. we don't have that talent. We don't have that skill. We don't have whatever X resources to it. And uh, someone famously said this, that it's not about the resources, it's about being resourceful. And so being able to go after these problems and you go after the big elephant in the room and tackle it successfully, then it's like, okay, game on, let's go. I love that. It's not about the resources, it's about being resourceful, that you can generate them, that you find them and you make them work. And honestly, as we just talked about, you can be a huge organization with tons and tons of resources. And if you aren't putting them in the right places or putting them to use effectively or you know, aligned in, in actually achieving the things that matter to you, you still don't go anywhere. So the right. resource is probably more important. Yeah. And I mean, at the end of the game, we're, my belief is that we don't do these things either, whether we're part of an organization, leading organization or what, to do small things. Like we're there to do big things, like have tremendous amount of impact and, uh, you know, benefit to the world. Like we're not waking up to be like, oh, I'm just going to walk across the street. No, I want to, I want to run a marathon, right? Like I want to do something bigger and bold. And so going after our biggest problems is fulfilling that. Do you have any fun examples of small organizations being resourceful, being successful, doing these big things by putting new data or new data processes in place? Yeah. So a couple of things. I like to look at some of the, what the food banks are doing around the country and, you know, really food banks, quite small organizations, most of the time, some of them are actually quite large, but how they're tapping in to a lot of data experts. And so one of our mutual friends, a guy named Chris Williams, who's, he owns the, runs the precision analytics group. He works in this space quite frequently. And it's amazing. Like they're using simple things. They're using data for spatial analysis to figure out where to put a food bank, right? That's wild. Like being able to say, hey, look, we're going to have a bigger impact because there's more of a need in this area over here versus this area over here, not just blindly saying, hey, this is a big city. There's got to be a bunch of people here, right? And all those assumptions that go with it. And again, all about deploying your limited resources in the most effective way. There's even predictive analytics to, you know, figure out, okay, we have this much of a resource, food or money or whatever, where are we going to be, where are we likely going to be in six months from now, right? And some people it's, you know, look at the finger and saying, okay, well, I, this is what I think versus using the data you have, the spending patterns you have, all the things that you've got in flight and 
you know, the costs behind all those and putting that together and building a predictive model that someone like a Chris or you or me or anybody can build for these organizations and help them. So I, I think those are, you know, fairly generic, but very high impact is just very rubber meets the road type of impact on those things. And I will say that they get way more focused, right? Because they're using the data to tell them what's working, what's not working. And they really get productive because these pieces of data they're producing, like say a spatial analysis are data, it's data. Like, and essentially you're creating data, what we call data products, it's, you know, packaging up that data as some useful thing. And it's all being produced and automated. And really they're turning these type of data experts that come in and help with these sort of things, take a team and make them entirely more productive, focused, and can turn over the mission to a hundred times what they were able to do before. So it's, it's pretty remarkable. There's so many good things in, in those examples that you gave. One, I love the idea of saying, we want to make sure that we use our resources most effectively. Right, about being resourceful, it's getting the most out of the resources that you have. And so if you say, look, we can't open an infinite number of food banks, we That's might right. only have the resources to do two or three. So where could we put them that would have the most impact? And the fact is you can use data to help you answer that once you define what impact looks like, right? So if you're going to say impact means feeding the most number of people, if you're going to say impact means making sure we put food in the hands of the most vulnerable people, whatever that is, once you mm -hmm. define that, you can use data to help figure out exactly where that is rather than guessing or rather than trying it, right? Let's open a food bank and just see. And then when it's the wrong place, we have to close it down and move it, which wastes resources. So that idea that you really can use those resources most effectively. And that's tied to the fact that you can then amplify your power. You can yeah. amplify the impact you can have without increasing your resources at all, without yeah. increasing the personnel you have, without increasing the funding you have, you can make more of that. Yeah, it's so true. You actually just, you reminded me of something I like to share with those who I talk mostly to teams that are within an organization. And, you know, a lot of times there's this, if it's not spoken verbally, it's kind of nuanced to say, oh, we're a small team and we really can't do all these things that other teams are. And I really want to pull the BS card on that because it's like, you could take and you all can look this up. You can look up Instagram. It's kind of a popular software. You might know of it. Like they're kind of everywhere now. But can you guess how many employees that Instagram had when Facebook back then, now Meta, bought them for a billion dollars in 2012? Like how many employees do you think they, they had? Any guesses, Alexander? Well, you've set this up as an example that they didn't have that many because they did an extraordinary amount. So I don't know, yeah. 50. <laughs> 13. Are you serious? Totally serious. 13 wow. boys. And think about right. this. Instagram today has over a billion users and contributes over $20 billion to Meta's you know, platform. Right. I mean, think about that. That's insane. And it breaks down people. every barrier of anyone saying, oh, a small right. team can't do amazing, incredible things. Right. When the resources are put to good use and they're done in the right way, you can pretty much do anything you, you ever dream right. of. And from a data point of view, Instagram is really interesting because one of the things that made it a very powerful platform is it connected this idea of visual information sharing with yeah. the algorithms we've come to know and love, right? Like it was powered by putting the right images in front of the right people in a way that kept them engaged, as well as also using very clever, like the ability to adjust filters and create very professional looking photos, which is data driven, right? You have to be able to understand 
the actual data of what makes a picture look good in order to have a computer be able to make a picture look better. Right. So that is a really interesting thing to say. They did all of that with 13 people, which I did not know. I mean, they definitely have many more people now, but now, yeah. the idea is that they were able to yeah. grow the startup to that. And it's just like, we have to remember that sometimes we get in our own way. I mean, I, I still do. So, you know, we have to kind of reassess those things and, hey, do we, is there a way? Now, I love that you said that one of the barriers, right, that we like really break down is the fact that people will say, oh, my team is too small. I can't do that because we're too small. We're too under-resourced, whatever. And you give a great example of like, no, that's not the case if we can get out, get our, out of our own way and do this. What are some of the other common barriers or those misconceptions that people will put up that keep them from taking these next steps in analytics? Yeah, I have a couple, actually, I think. I hinted earlier a little bit of, at awareness and that, you know, I talked to a lot of folks that have been in the data world for, you know, 20 years and, you know, not to be rude or rough around the edges, but they're just not aware. They get stuck thinking to make it very practical. They think that Excel is like the only thing out there and they don't need to find something better. I'm not trying to put anyone down, but I do want to speak kind of power to truth here is that like leaders and organizations, when they become aware that all that stuff changes, right? All, a lot of things become very visible and knowing knowing that there's a better way out there is kind of like, it's that carrot, that incentive that's big enough to start making progress. That's one. Awareness is just being aware of what's going on in the world and, and knowing that, you know, data is everywhere. The other, you know, some more practical things, like I, I like to talk a lot about the last mile and the last mile is really about getting things completely off your plate and fully automated. So and just to back up just a little bit, what you see a lot with organizations across the board is they come to the awareness that, oh, we've got to do something about our data. And then also the processes that we're using to clean and refine that data into a dashboard or into a chart or graph or report or something like that, some data insight and visibility. What inevitably happens many times is that they get there, they get software, even, even Alteryx, and they build their workflow. They build the steps-by-step -step process to do it. And then they keep clicking the button. They keep running this Python script, or they keep running the Excel macro. And what they don't do is they get to the last mile where the system automates it completely where I don't have to wake up, I don't have to go at, you know, with my coffee at 9am and click a button to make that thing run. We have to get past that last mile. We have to get, whether it's Alteryx or whatever software, it has to be completely off the plate. And that's really what, where that goes is you need to get the focus off of running the business and more focus on increasing impact. When you're too busy, even if it's you think it's a minute. Oh, it's, it takes only 30 seconds. It's common response. I'm just going to, you know, do this because let's get it off your plate because your attention is what's being taken away. Your attention is being on this business process instead of, okay, what's the next biggest impact that I'm going to drive increase. And then the last thing that just kind of came to me was, I don't think we tap into the outside world enough. You know, we don't, how many tons of people would love to help. They love to volunteer. They love to, you know, learn thinking internships, for example, that, you know, all of these, there's so many people out there that would help in a moment's notice. And we don't lean on them. We, you know, we kind of get this, oh, I've got to take on the world by myself. And 
I'm even guilty of that, where the moments I've said, you know what, I have something to do and I want to get it done, but I need help. And so being able to tap into people that are as passionate as me or have more knowledge than me that could really drive something has been a godsend, like just amazing to me. That is a really interesting thing because I think, especially in the nonprofit space, that oftentimes our minds straight, go straight to, well, people just need to donate to us. But if you're looking at right at a, taking your analytics to the next level and maybe you don't have that skill in-house, we talked mm-hmm. about reaching out to really cool people like Chris, but also yeah. the idea that you could look out into your network of volunteers or donors and say, no, 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 I don't actually need you to give me more money. Would you give me an hour a week? Come yeah. in and help us understand how we could move more things to automation. And I think that or crack a new analytic problem or find some new data we've never touched before. Make us aware of those tools that we don't know about. I've heard cool things about like making sure you have someone on your board who kind of under, understands that analytic space and can be an advisor and helping you move into a new way of doing things. So that's a really cool point of bringing up this idea of think creatively about how you could ask for help and support in those resource areas you might need. That's right. That's right. The other thing I thought I, I really did also like that idea of not underestimating the cost of the menial tasks you still have your people doing. Yeah. That one gets at me just because I've seen it so front and center. I've, I've, yeah. Every organization I've been a part of, it's almost like, you know, just off the cuff here, it's like a blind sort of killer of sorts. I, I'm not finding the right word, but like it literally just seeps into, you know, all the time and energy that you're putting into it. And it grows because people can see it as, oh, it's just a 30-second test, but you're not just doing one task. You're doing 10 tasks, 100 tasks. You've got, you know, 100 things going on at any given time. And those 30 seconds, 10 seconds even, add up super quickly. Got to get it off your mind and off your plate and into a robust process that really can, is what it's built for, right? Versus, you know, and it's at the end of the day, there's the tactical thing of automating it. That's one thing. But the big meta idea here is your attention. You have to recognize that your attention is better spent on driving impact than, oh, did this process run? Or I have to click this button, right? Those right. sort of menial tasks. Or the copy and paste, right? I have to copy this stuff from this Excel sheet, and I'm going to paste it over in this Excel sheet. And that's what I'm doing. Yes. Those menial tasks, I agree. And that's what I love of this idea that it doesn't actually matter how much time, though it does. But even when it's a small amount of time, it still matters because your attention is being diverted from thinking or being engaged with or innovating around how to drive more impact. And you're getting stuck on these things that your attention to it isn't adding value. 100%. And I'll be a little bit transparent here with someone who has a attention deficit. Attention is one of the most fragile things that we have as people. And we don't treat it very nicely. Like we think it's this expendable resource that's always going to be there and we can just tap into it whenever we want to. And let me tell you firsthand, that is not the case. Attention is one of our precious things that we have as, as humans. And so don't take it lightly that if you find that you're being diverted to where you don't want to be. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. And I think with no, you know, nonprofits, social enterprises, those organizations that are trying to be good, they do think of themselves or they should think of themselves as stewards of really critical resources. And it would be nice to, like you said, extend that, that we think we should be stewards of our valuable and precious attention as well. Yeah, so true. 
Now, one of the reasons that I also wanted to talk with you is not just because you have these incredible stories and this great insight into so many different organizations' experiences with these analytic journeys, but also because you represent a product that I use, that I deeply love. And I think it is important when we you mentioned not being aware of options out there that can really help change how we do analytics. And so I would love to just spend a few minutes exploring what Alteryx is and what it can do when we talk about tackling all those barriers we just discussed. Right. What are the possibilities with Alteryx? How does this actually work and how can it be helpful so that our leadership are aware of new opportunities that we have? Absolutely. I suppose I could easily give, you know, the common business response that I give to many and that would probably maybe work, but I'm going to actually go out on a little bit of a ledge here and give my, what I call my emotional response to what is Alteryx and how it can help. And it's emotional response because truth be told, I think you do as well. I have a very deep emotional connection with data and analytics and not to sound weird or anything, but like data analytics if you think about it for a second, it's being used to help cure like diseases, for example, which is saving our mothers and fathers, our sons and daughters. Like it's, that's a pretty impactful thing. It's helping to decrease the impact on our planet, for example. It's, it's also connecting the dots between those of us who want to end up at our last moments, knowing we made a difference and actually had a forceful, positive impact while we're here. So for me, data isn't this cold, dark place with ones and zeros, right? It's, you know, I see these outcomes that were entirely built on the foundation of data. So when I'm working with data and I, I saw that there was this amazing platform, Alteryx, of course, that allows really those impactful breakthroughs and outcomes, I was done. <laughs> you lost me. I would never look back. And I think it's been 11 years, not going on 12 years. And, you know, to tie in the other part of the question is the way that it helps small businesses or nonprofits is really I'd say two, twofold. It increases productivity, which we talked about, really thinking about what you're putting in and what you're getting out for that. And it's doing that by allowing you to work with data and automate those processes. But it also, and the thing that I really, really tackle onto is it's about lowering the barrier. So you don't have to walk in being God's gift to data. Alteryx is very easy to use. I can literally teach anyone, you and I could both teach anyone in a day, how to use Alteryx and be productive. And so it's, you know, drag and drop tools that are bite-sized chunks of action that you would take onto a data set and be able to output or input wherever you need to, right? So there's a lot of flexibility, super easy to use, and you can literally drive towards these amazing outcomes. And best part is you can automate it all, right? You can literally go from having the spreadsheet to having an amazing report or insight or some new knowledge completely automated. I heard someone describe Alteryx once as the analytic glue that holds together all the disparate pieces of your data across your organization. <laughs> because like you were saying that it most people can really hop in there and because it is a drag and drop graphical interface, very little coding, but it allows you to put together virtually any combinations of analytic steps, whether it summarizes filters, yeah. Whatever it is, formulas to create new data merges of any kind, you can just sort of lay out those steps that maybe you used to do by hand. Maybe it's, okay, well, I have to add this header and then I have to bring in this section from another spreadsheet and paste it in here. And then I have to like go to the Excel filter and filter out these data. Well, you can put all those steps in Alteryx That's right. without having to code. And yep. then 
that process is no longer on your plate and you're not wasting your precious attention on it. And it flows from any kind of data to any kind of data. So you can take Excel or you know, any kind of database like Azure or Snowflake or whatever it is, or data that you download from your CRM, right? If you've got, you can pull all of that in. And I agree with you that then it points towards then being able to actually really get the data you need for those impactful outcomes. Yeah. I might even be as bold to say, which, you know, listeners would catch on to this right away. Like people like you and I have an incredible amount of fun doing it, right? Yes. And not to, I always try to tame my nerdiness. <laughs> no, this is a nerd safe zone. You're, you are welcome here. I actually often say this to people when trying to explain it. Like I, growing up, I was somewhat into video games. I was nowhere near gamers today or anything like that. And I, you know, wasn't out of anything reasonable as far as time, but this is my video game. It is the greatest thing. I And I did it yesterday when working on this advent of code stuff, which is nerd challenges and stuff. I had a really rough day yesterday. Like I was talking to executives all day. I was on my feet all day. I was going balls to the wall all day long and came back and I was just honestly exhausted. You know what I did to relax? I opened Alter. Like, so it's nerdy, I know, but like it's fun. It's like enjoyable yeah. to do. It's not a burden. It's not like, oh, this is going to be great. I got to go do this now. Like it's nothing like that. I, yeah. Most people, once they're into it, like us, we can't wait to do more. I agree. It allows you to truly play with data. Like I yeah. feel like people throw that term around a lot of like, oh, this lets you play with data. And I'm like, no, no. Alteryx actually allows you to play with data. Yeah. You can have fun with data and you see it. And the fact that, I mean, one of the things I love about Alteryx of the many, many things I love is that at every one of those steps that you've put in, you can see a picture of what your data look like. So you get to play along with your data and you can see what it's doing and how it's changing and what happened when you just added this new step. And it is fun. So I yep. love that. That was your relaxation. Yeah, I laugh at myself sometimes too. So yeah, I love it. And Alteryx has a program called Alteryx for Good, which I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about Alteryx for Good, which is a program I'm part of. Yeah, absolutely. So Alteryx for Good is quite an amazing program, actually, um, where really the idea is that we're using data and analytics to change our communities in the planet for the better. A couple of the focus areas in Alteryx for Good, you know, just to kind of highlight where where it's going. The biggest one was really the tech for good. And the tech for good is really our free licensing program that puts the most powerful, easy to use analytics tools, aka Alteryx, in the hands of those who, who need it most. So if you're a nonprofit or you're in that space, like this is meant for you. But there's those other areas as well that Alteryx for Good taps into like ESG, so environmental, social, and governance, where they're focusing efforts where we believe that we can create meaningful changes, right? And then another one is DEIB, which is around really building a culture where everyone feels welcome. I'm happen to be very passionate about this. I'm a former veteran and I have, I run the veterans employee resource group internally here at Alteryx to, to really make sure that our veterans are taken care of. I care deeply about them and I want to make sure that they feel welcome. And then the last one that Alteryx for Good is really hyper-focused around is just volunteerism and philanthropy. So we often do a lot of events where 
we partner with our customers. We partner with our partners, you know, our tech partners, for example, in volunteering. And it's really simply about embracing our social and corporate responsibilities. Like we, you know, we believe that we should give back. So, you know, that management of it and the execution of that is all tied under Alters for Good. It's an amazing program. It's, you know, really a key enabler in driving nonprofits and other organizations to just use data and analytics. So I think it's it's kind of, the, again, the glue like Alteryx does so well is the glue between those organizations that want to drive a massive impact and our platform that it's meant to drive data and analytics. And a big part of the volunteering is that if you are a nonprofit with an analytic need that you can't necessarily solve yourself, you can reach out to that program. And oftentimes Alteryx will be able to connect you with a partner who will do that as a, on a volunteer basis or yeah. oftentimes, sometimes the Alteryx staff will just step in because it's a fun project to solve. I've seen that happen yeah. occasionally where they're like, I can just do this for you. Here you go. Yeah, I we think what what's it, just mind boggling to me, and I've seen this happen a couple of times now, some of the world's top users are of Alteryx are engaged and they will donate their time. These are people who are at the top 1% of what's possible in Alteryx have been using it for 10, 15 years. They pretty much know everything about it. And they're helping out a food bank or they're helping out any sort of nonprofit to literally build out their analytics efforts. So if they're trying to, you know, like I was giving an example before, building a spatial model, like these people could do it in a day or, you know, and they come in and help right away. So I just, I love that ability to tap into the leading experts to drive impact. Yeah, me too. Well, thank you so much for your time today. I deeply appreciate it. It is always a joy to talk to you, Joshua. And we'll definitely have links to Tech for Good, to a few of the other resources here that we've mentioned about Alteryx if people listening are interested in learning more. And is there any, anywhere else that you would like to send people or any other resources you'd like to share? So, yeah, I mean, the, just easily is the Alteryx.com website. So Alteryx, A-L-T-E-R, Alter YX is the way to remember it. And if you go there on the, if you go to Alteryx.com, the first menu item is Why Alteryx. And if you hit that on the very bottom, there mm -hmm. is your link to Alteryx for good. Obviously, she'll put it in the show notes and everything, but go out there, check it out. A lot of good information out there. And then, you know, just a key takeaway just um, is really start to assess your current landscape. Start to put a couple motions in place, like we were saying. And it doesn't have to be the biggest thing, but make sure it's something that's really causing you a headache of some sort so you can resolve it and fix it. But really, the end of the day is you've got to start in this mindset of becoming data-driven. We talked about it. Data is foundational to what we're doing every day, and we need to be on that track and start to, to infuse it into everything we do. It starts with the awareness. It does. Right. And that can be your step that everyone listening could take is to build their awareness, open their eyes to something new, to that pain point that could be solved around here and see what might be possible around there just by becoming aware of it. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Of course. Thank you. Appreciate the opportunity. That was Joshua Burkow, the chief evangelist of Alteryx. Again, Alter YX is how it's spelled. I hope that everyone listening will consider looking into the Alteryx analytic platform. It is something I have used for over a decade and absolutely love what it allows me to do with data. Because really, it is a graphical drag and drop interface, low to no code, meaning I don't know how to code in Python or any fancy language, but I can put together virtually any combination of steps to do whatever I want to any kind of data. 
And the fact that Alteryx has, as part of their Alteryx for Good overarching program, this tech for good opportunity where nonprofits, I believe under $10 million operating budget, can get free licenses to Alteryx. So here's the thing. You can get access to this tool to try it, to use it, to make it part of what you do to automate away the processes that are just sucking the soul out of the people that work in your organization for free, right? This isn't a sales pitch. I'm not getting anything for this. The idea is that here is a tool that is available out there for you. And if Alteryx isn't for you, that's fine too. The point of this episode isn't to convince you that you should use Alteryx, though I think you should consider it. The point is to get you to ask the question of what tools might be out there that we aren't using or what barriers are we stuck behind that actually there are solutions for out there. If we think to ask new questions, we think to look for things that we haven't known about before. I joke that on this podcast, my goal isn't necessarily to answer all your questions, but in fact to get you to ask new questions that you hadn't thought to ask before. So whether it is bringing new awareness to data that exists within your organization that maybe you aren't using or you aren't using as intentionally as you could, or whether it's asking about new tools like Alteryx or other things out there, that's what we want to get you doing. So thank you so much for joining me today. And this is episode 49. If you would like to go get all of those links that Joshua mentioned, those are available at heartsouldata.com. You can go to the episodes page and again, find episode 49. We'll have all the links available for you there. So thank you again for listening and I will see you at the next show. You have been listening to Heart, Soul, and Data. This podcast is brought to you by Moroccanos, an analytics education, consulting, and data services company devoted to helping nonprofits and social enterprises amplify their impacts and thrive through data. You can learn more at Moroccanos.com, M-E-R-A-K-I-N-O-S.com.